You're listening to Come Follow Me Weekly. My name is Heather. Thanks for being here with me this week. Well, this week is a big week at my house because my kids have gone back to school. And I'm not going to lie, I enjoy having some time to myself again. But I also do miss my kids and I love it when they're home. I love the summertime. And this last weekend, as I was laying in my bed, trying not to have a panic attack, thinking about them going back to school, I just thought about this Come Follow Me program that we have. And I thought, you know, how important is this that we study the gospel in our homes and talk about the gospel in our homes so that our children can learn about who they are and what they can become and whom we follow. And it's just so important, I think, to study these lessons or at least talk about them or talk about the gospel in some way every day in our homes. Our kids need that as they go out into the world. And I'm just really grateful for this program and what it does to help my family. The lesson this week is entitled, Ye Are the Body of Christ, and it covers 1 Corinthians 8 through 13. And I really just wanted to read this introductory paragraph that they have in the beginning of this lesson because it's so good. I read it so many times and I just love it. It says, in Paul's time, Corinth was a wealthy trade center with residents from all over the Roman Empire. With so many different cultures and religions in the city, church members in Corinth struggled to maintain unity. So Paul sought to help them find unity in their belief in Christ. This unity was to be more than just peaceful coexistence. Paul wasn't asking them merely to tolerate each other's differences. Rather, he taught that when you join the church of Jesus Christ, you are baptized into one body and every body part is needed. When one member is lost, it's like losing a limb and the body is weaker as a result. When one member suffers, we should all feel it and do our part to relieve it. In this kind of unity, differences are not just acknowledged but cherished because without members of diverse gifts and abilities, the body would be limited. So whether you feel like you've always been at home in the church or find yourself wondering if you truly belong, Paul's message to you is that unity is not sameness. You need your fellow saints and your fellow saints need you. And I love that whole statement because there is a place for everyone in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I find it so interesting because in the last couple of lessons, Paul is talking to the people of Corinth about things that they're hung up on, what food people eat, and who baptized who, and how you should wear your hair, and just all kinds of things that they were judging each other on, and things that were preventing them from being unified. And when you start thinking about those things, in relation to the things that we have problems with today, they're not that dissimilar. And I just find it so interesting. Paul here is trying to show them a better way to live. And he's trying to show us a better way to live because we're not that different from the people of Corinth when you really get right down to it. I think that being prideful and judging is just part of the natural man. And it's part that we need to try to overcome. But it's been that way since probably the beginning of time. I think people have had an issue with that. And this lesson is just another lesson where Paul is trying to teach the people of Corinth and trying to teach us how to overcome some of those things. The first section of this lesson says, God provides a way to escape temptation. And it references this scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And in the lesson, it talks about how we can have spiritual experiences or even miraculous experiences, but those things don't necessarily exempt us from being tempted. And I thought about myself watching General Conference. Sometimes I watch conference and I hear a talk and it just hits me. 
And I feel so motivated and so inspired by that talk. And then a day goes by and I forget about it and I can't even remember what was talked about. So how can inspiring things help us to avoid temptation? Well, in the example of myself watching conference, I think I need to take those things that go into my head and put them into my heart. I need to let them change me. In the scripture we read, it says that Heavenly Father won't give me any temptation greater than I can bear. Well, if that's true, then why do I succumb to temptation? (laughs) Obviously, it was more than I could bear because I did it. Well, I keep thinking of that scripture, faith without works is dead. We have to do something. We have to be an active participant in that process. We are going to be tempted. And we need to decide beforehand how we're going to handle those temptations. President Kimball said, Right decisions are easiest to make when we make them well in advance, having ultimate objectives in mind. This saves a lot of anguish during moments of decision when we're tired and sorely tempted. In Alma chapter 13, verse 28, it says, But that ye would humble yourselves before the Lord, and call on his holy name, and watch and pray continually, that ye may not be tempted above that which ye can bear, and thus be led by the Holy Spirit, becoming humble, meek, submissive, patient, full of love, and all long-suffering. So just like I can't eat ice cream for every meal and not ever exercise and then step on the scale and expect miraculous results, we can't live our lives in any way that we want and expect the help to withstand temptation when we need it. And that's the point is we don't know when we're going to need it. So we have to keep doing those things every single day. We have to watch and pray always. Study the gospel in our homes, read our scriptures, say our prayers. Those things are so important. They're very small, don't take a lot of time, but they're the most important things we can do every day. And then when we do have spiritual experiences or when we do hear something motivating or we feel that feeling in our heart that we need to change, let's work on that and let's do something about it and not just forget about it and go on like we were before. We need to let those things change us and do better so that we will have the power to withstand temptation when it comes. The next section of this lesson says the sacrament unifies us as followers of Christ. And it references this scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, 17. It says, For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. And it talks about how the ordinance of the sacrament is a very personal thing, but it's also an experience that we share with other people because we usually partake of the sacrament together as our ward or as one group of saints. And it asks a couple of questions. It says, How might you draw strength from partaking of the sacrament with other believers? How does this influence the way you prepare for the sacrament and how you strive to keep your baptismal covenants? I thought that was pretty introspective, and I had to think about that for a really long time to kind of figure out what I thought about it. And I had a couple of thoughts. One thing I thought is that we need to remember that the church is not a social club. And I think that sometimes it's easy to treat it that way and just to be casual about it. It's just, oh, it's Sunday, we go to church, we have our calling that we're worried about, or worried about how we look or whatever, and we don't really take it as seriously as we need to. We're participating in an ordinance and we're renewing a covenant, and that's a very serious thing. And then I thought about the fact that we're all doing that together. I had an interesting experience last week. I'd already read this lesson, and so I thought, okay, during the sacrament this Sunday, I'm going to focus on the people in this room instead of focusing on myself. And so as I sat there, I just tried to think about people in our ward and just the fact that we were all there together. And it was really interesting as I thought about that, I could feel the spirit in the room a little bit more. Sometimes when I'm just focusing on myself, I'm just thinking in my own head and in my own heart. 
but this time I could feel the spirit in the room and that was kind of a neat experience. I also thought, you know, what if you have a problem with someone, uh, maybe a neighbor, maybe somebody in the ward, something happened, you don't really get along with someone, you're all there together taking the sacrament at the same time, doing the same thing. And we're all doing that because we're not perfect, each one of us. And we need that ordinance every single week. That kind of gave me a good perspective about what we're doing and why and who we're doing it with. We really do draw strength from each other in our ward as we work together to try to be better. In Corinthians chapters 12 and 13, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. And he gives quite a list of them, but I think it's important to note that those are not all of them. He talks about some big things like working miracles and the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Well, I also think it's important to remember that there are gifts of the Spirit like being a good friend, being kind, being compassionate, understanding others' feelings. And each one of us has particular spiritual gifts that are given to each one of us for a reason. And our Heavenly Father needs us to develop those, to figure out what they are and to use them to help other people and to help continue His work on the earth. Paul talks about how as saints we are all one body, but the body has many members, and each one of the members are needed to be complete. So it's a really good thing that we're all different and that we all have different gifts. So what do you do if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are? Um, They gave a couple of ideas in the lesson. They said maybe you could look in your patriarchal blessing for things that the Lord has told you. You could also pray and ask if you really want to know the Lord will help you find what those things are. As I was studying about this topic this week, I found this article in the Ensign from 1975. This is what it says. It says, It would appear from the scriptures that our Father desires to grant these gifts even more ardently than we desire to receive them. And since these gifts are blessings for the faithful, then every such person seeking a spiritual gift has already had experience with at least one gift, the gift of faith in Christ, and knows how freely this gift is given and how abundantly it blesses. He has also been blessed because of the very fact that his consciousness has awakened to recognize the need for specific gifts of the Spirit. I think it's awesome that our Heavenly Father has given us particular gifts, things that he needs us to use. I don't believe there are many coincidences in this life. We're put where we are in the families that we're with and the people that we're with for a reason. And we have special abilities and talents within ourselves that we need to find and develop to help the people around us and to help ourselves to reach our ultimate goal, which is to get back to our Heavenly Father. I think too, it might help us not to compare ourselves to other people so much if we do realize who we are and the talents that we have and that we all have special gifts for a reason, that we're different for a reason. It's definitely the opposite of what the world teaches. And I think it's such a blessing that we have with the gospel that we can know who we are and what we can become. I wanted to touch on the first half of chapter 11 for just a minute. When you read this chapter without any background, it can sound kind of sexist and not very nice. But I think we have to remember that Paul lived in a different time with different customs. And through the many translations of the Bible, things have been changed and lost and maybe come out a little bit different than they were intended. I think the point of this part of the chapter, though, is that men and women need each other. I think it's all a part of his talking to the people on unity and not judging. We all need each other. And I think that was his point here. So these last couple of weeks, we've been studying the writings of Paul. He's super confusing. He talks in circles. He uses a lot of cultural references that we don't understand unless we're really familiar with Bible history. And then we get to chapter 13. As I read these scriptures every week, I go through and I highlight passages that I find really important or that stand out to me. 
When I got to chapter 13, I started highlighting and I highlighted the entire thing. <laughs> it's so good. And I'm sure it'll be very familiar to everyone. I'm going to read the entire chapter because I love it. It's beautiful. And it teaches such a good lesson. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fall, whether there be tongues, they shall cease, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass, darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Charity is the pure love of Christ, and I think that is the greatest attribute that we can try to develop in our own lives. I think as you read this, you can just almost feel how much Paul cared for these people and how much he wanted to help them to be more unified and to have charity for each other and to just do better. In verse 8, he says, charity never faileth. And I love that saying because charity is the pure love of Christ, and Christ's love never fails us, and it never will. And I think that this all comes back around to the opening statement of this whole lesson where it talks about how we need our fellow saints just like they need us. I think whether you have purple hair or no hair, whether you're a working mom or a stay-at-home dad, if you have no kids or you have 15 children, if you have no spouse or if you've been married five times, there is a place for each one of us in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Satan doesn't want us there, but the Lord needs us there. And other people need us because we all have spiritual gifts that we need to share and we can all make a difference. And I believe that if you don't feel like there's a place for you, it's probably because Satan realizes how powerful you could be. And he's just trying to keep you down. So don't let him do that. I really do admire Paul and his passion and his determination in fulfilling his calling in serving the people that he's asked to serve. He's a really good example of someone who's just trying to do their best. And I think that we can all really learn a lot from that. And that's all I had for this week. I want to thank you all for joining me. I really do appreciate all of your support. You can find me on Instagram at Come Follow Me Weekly. And I hope everyone has a fantastic week.